Heath Butler retired. That's not surprising. Terrell Austin's likely going to replace him. Equally not surprising. What actually needs to happen next? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates, the other two teams that I cover every morning, right where you found this. Butler's retirement was met with a couple of statements issued by Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin. They were nice and cordial and somehow managed to avoid including a joke about how they really mean it with this one, as opposed to Bruce Arians. Butler issued his own statement, somehow avoided the temptation to include the term dadgum. Did it, though. Did it. Got through it. Got through it. And the football team is now any day going to announce that Terrell Austin will become the defensive coordinator promoted from secondary coach. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Austin's name is going to get tied to things that it shouldn't be tied to. I'm going to try today to do the best that I can to explain my stance that he needs to be kept separate. This discussion about Tomlin run amok with this coaching staff and what Rooney needs to do about it. Austin will be, and has been already once, a fine defensive coordinator. I've heard nothing but great things about him and his work within the Steelers headquarters, just in the time that he's been here, not when he was at D.C. previously, just from his time here. And if you look at the way the secondary has performed, I know everybody only remembers the big plays against and Chargers game and whatever else here. He has made individual players better, whether that's Minka Fitzpatrick, you can't assume that he would have just kept progressing. Whether that's Terrell Edmonds, who everybody was ready to banish right up until this season when he turned out to be a really good, solid safety. Whether it's having both of those safeties, most regrettably, be forced to move up to the line of scrimmage to stop the run since no one up there other than Cam Hayward could do it. It's the performance and maturation of his corners that he's had along the way. No doubt helped make Mike Hilton a lot of money. Helped make Cam Sutton a lot of money. Probably just helped Akella Witherspoon make some significant money if the Steelers are smart and bring him back. The guy's done a good job. Okay, can we take that and just put your hand against it and just slide it off to the end of the desk? Fair? I think it's fair to him, because I do think he'll be a good defensive coordinator. If, if Rooney follows up on all this other stuff I've been talking about, 
This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. When this season ended, I predicted that Tomlin would promote from within. He would promote his defensive coordinator from within. He would promote his offensive line coach from within. And he would find some way to concoct reasons to keep Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. Why? Because he values, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for here? If I say he values loyalty, that just makes it sound like any old boss. Well, yeah, of course, everyone would value loyalty. But it's that he values loyalty within the context of control. He was calling the defensive signals for Butler. We've known this for two years, but nobody's actually said it out loud until the past week. Tomlin acknowledged it, then Butler acknowledged it. And there it is. Tomlin was at field level on the sideline of a sloped football field. And yes, that matters because you can't see the far side. If you've ever actually been an NFL field or really any football field, you know what I'm talking about. If you look across it horizontally, because it slopes for drainage, you can't even see the far side. So you're having a coach call defensive signals from field level while your coordinator's upstairs with a headset. Now, the coordinator, in this case Butler, was still drawing up plays. He was still drawing like through the week, and they were still scheming together and everything else. But Tomlin retained control of the signals in the moment. Just in case you were wondering why it seemed like the Steelers would never adjust to something that the other team's offense was doing until the third quarter. Why? Because at halftime, you have a few more minutes to explain to the head coach everything that he's been doing wrong, theoretically. If Tomlin promotes Austin for the purpose of continuing to call signals himself, then that'll tell me that he's already worked something out with Austin that says, listen, this is how it's going to be. You're going to get promoted here. I'm going to make the calls. If you like it, sign on the dotted line. If you don't, see you. We'll find somebody else, probably from within the building. <laughs> like Joe, the cafeteria worker. And within that, nothing about this pattern will have changed. Tomlin already strongly hinted he's going to bring back Chris Morgan as offensive line coach because, hey, he had two whole weeks of that. And they could just annually cycle through offensive line coaches and keep promoting their assistants and saying their assistants are absolutely the best qualified for this. Why? Because they're in the building and because they'll listen to him without questioning him. That's it. That's it. That's the offensive coordinator in essence, in the same spirit. Tomlin and Canada, from what I'm told, developed a pretty solid relationship over the course of the past couple of years, but even more so over this past year. How? Why? I wasn't told that. 
but I was told that Tomlin has Canada's back and vice versa. And that was the phrasing that was given to me. I didn't hear anything about how, oh, Tomlin really liked these imaginative route trees that Canada added to the offense. There weren't any, in parentheses. Or the different ways that he was able to utilize getting Najee Harris the football. He didn't come up with many at all. Or how gradually over time he was able to address some of the offense's general weaknesses, such as never being able to throw the football across the middle, even though most of their receivers run short routes and they drafted a tight end in the second round who could catch everything. He didn't do that either. What did he like? He liked that he had his back. So he had Canada's back as well. Well, that's just great. By all means, keep him on that count. Look, Rooney needs to straighten this out. I've been saying this all along. He's the only one with the authority to make this happen. There is precedent for it. It's scant, but there is precedent where Rooney has stepped in when he hasn't liked what Tomlin's been doing with his coaching staff. This is that time. This has to happen now. Because if it doesn't, you're going to get stuck with another bad set of coaches and coordinators and you're going to be making the same change in a year because you're going to find out that they were either retained or promoted for the wrong reasons. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. And this law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. And today's J1Q comes from Himanshu in Boston, and he asks, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes is the Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady of this era. First thing that came to my mind was, are the Steelers going to have Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins against this I'll tell you what I'm with you on this I watched these playoff games over the weekend and it's unsettling and there's nowhere to run or hide in particular from Joe Burrow being in Cincinnati for the next who knows how long when you see the plays that were being made by all of these quarterbacks, one of the things that jumps to my mind right off the bat was the mobility, was the plays that they made just by scrambling, by moving around, by buying themselves time. My goodness, what a crop of quarterbacks just in that regard. The Allen versus Mahomes matchup uh, in particular. Burrow's not the most nimble uh, as evidenced by the nine sacks. 
but Burrow does a lot of other things that other quarterbacks can't do. And although Rudolph and Haskins really shouldn't be lumped together other than maybe in the concept of talent level, you don't see either of them excelling at anything. Um, that's where, in Mason's case, you know the the inability to put together timing and touch on shorter and intermediate routes. He's terrific with the bombs. That's only a small percentage of what a quarterback needs to be able to do. Haskins has the bullet to get the ball there on intermediate routes. Doesn't always read the field very well. He can scramble. He can make things happen with his legs, but I wouldn't be putting him into any kind of special category in that regard like a Lamar Jackson. Watching these guys over the weekend, the thing that hits you like a 10-ton truck is that they can do it all. And then Josh Allen, on top of everything else, can run right up the gut through a bunch of defensive linemen, although I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to do that over the course of his career. But yeah, it's something. Even if you're just looking within the AFC, or heck, even you know the AFC North, it's enough to make you wonder if the Steelers aren't thinking the same thing themselves. Because, look, I had told everyone that we were going to parse over every syllable of Tomlin's season-ending press conference, and I can continue to promise that that'll be the case. And the one thing that was going to get magnified more than anything else was the quarterback talk. And when he went out of his way to describe both Rudolph and Haskins as being not everyday starters in his mind, he'd have only one reason to say that in January. And that's to send the message that you can come here. You can come here if you're a free agent. There are free agents out there. It's not the greatest class. There are trade possibilities, although I wouldn't be looking too much into that because whoever it is that's trading, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, whatever, is going to be asking for a bunch of high draft picks. And there's nothing Steelers-esque about that. And actually, I'm not so sure that there should be. But I'm the Steelers, and I can tell you that they're not going to be reaching out to seek my advice, but my advice would be that you invest in the offensive line in the first round, maybe wide receiver in the second round, because I think you can solve the defensive line, maybe inside linebacker in there, but not the defensive line. Tyson Alualu, Montrevious Adams, we'll see what the status is of Stefan it. but I don't think you need to invest in a draft pick that high. You do need to invest in a draft pick at some point the defensive line regardless because of age factors and because some of their younger guys have been disappointing. But I digress. Offensive line should come first, then wide receiver or inside linebacker. I'm sorry, but I'm not committing to a quarterback in the draft in a class that almost everyone considers to be fairly ordinary in that regard. I mean, yeah, you can always be smarter than everyone else and end up with a quarterback that no one else fully gets. Or you can wait until there's a better quarterback class for the future guy and use next year to 
give your two younger guys, Rudolph and Haskins, a chance to compete along with someone that you bring in from the outside. So you'd have a year of mediocrity, maybe mediocrity plus at the quarterback position, but you'll have continued this under-the-surface rebuilding by making serious additions to the offensive line and to wide receiver. And Man, can you believe I'm talking about wide receiver? Ah! Already? That should have been set. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow.